Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, the two-year anniversary special for the Bullpen Cart podcast feed presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is me and Matty D celebrating Bryce Harper going to the Phillies, and then we go into a deep dive of basketball. We start with college hoops because it is March, March Madness, the final week of the regular season, then championship week, and then it's the tournament. We give you a full primer on all the Power 5 conferences, some of those mid-majors that are right up in the top 25, and we give you a little update on our Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Then we jump over to the NBA and talk some East-West, the playoff chase there, because there's only about 20 games left, so that's starting to heat up. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Again, search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like our website, thunderblogsports.com. But again, enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to see what year three has in store for us. And here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this episode, the two-year anniversary special of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. Originally, was going to call it something to do with basketball, because that is what we're going to talk about tonight for the most part. We'll get to that in a second. But first, I am Jordy Cannell, your host, the G-Man, with me for the first time in a while, the Road Warrior himself, Matty D. How are you? It's been a long time, hasn't it? I mean, not that long, but it's been long enough, right? It's been a whole month since before oh, Phoenix. It's been a month. It's been a month. <laughs> yeah. The Road Warrior. Well, Phoenix was Phoenix was incredible, um, was it not? Oh my god, dude! It was incredible. Yeah. It was awesome. Great weather. Yeah. Um, I mean, even being sixty degrees overcast, where I still had to wear a golf a golf quarter zip, but I could wear shorts. Just incredible. Just awesome to wear. Uh, you know, aside from the the nearly getting trampled, which you all are familiar with from the episode we did a few weeks back, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it was an awesome experience. The waste management open. Uh, I did not get to go to Top Golf with you guys, but you know, it's still right. a lot of fun. It's all right. You know, hung, mm-hmm. you know, hung out, smoked some cigars, celebrated our boy. It was a good time. Good time. It was our great. Birthday, it was birthday party. That's time. right. Birthday party. Birthday party. Yes, 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 uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, by the way, if you hear me yell at any point during this podcast, the uh, I better have flyers watching on the, the Flyers that, game. Yeah. Yes. So just, you know, I just want to let everybody know. Don't be don't be concerned. I believe that they just score. They yep. did. Travis Sandheim just scored. 2-1 two two Flyers. There's been five goals scored in this period, but the and, game is only 2-1. Yeah, two goals have been called. Two of them have been overturned. All right, which is wild. Which is yeah. wild. Yep. Pretty so, wild. Very man. exciting. Yeah, recording yeah, this exciting. around 8 o'clock on Thursday. February 28th and Matt I know I said we're going to we're going to talk basketball but we'd be kicking ourselves if we did not start this show and talk about the big news of the day. The Philadelphia well, Phillies yeah. have signed Bryce Harper to a 13-year, 330 million dollar contract. And I'm pumped. 
I am equally as excited. I mean, a couple things. Uh, hell of a deal, like you mentioned, till his thirty eighth year. But very smart because the it's not a it's not an escalating deal. So mm-hmm. it you know basically is going to stay at its same level pretty much throughout. There's no opt out clause. Uh, in it's fact, huge. it's about a twenty two. Yeah, it's about a twenty two million dollar cap hit at the end. Which makes a lot of sense because it allows it allows you like twenty two million dollars ten years from now, it's gonna be more like fifteen or twelve million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so exciting for a player who, by the way, is kind of coming off of a down year. So the hope is that he tries to prove himself, you know, a little bit more this year. Didn't have a great defensive year. Didn't have his same kind of year at the plate. But he mm-hmm. comes into a, a much different ballpark that he's had a lot of success in, surrounded by some real talent. When you suddenly start looking at this lineup, my friend. Oh, yeah. It's incredible, the starting nine that they're going to be putting out there. Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, JT Realmuto, probably Odubel Herrera, then Franco, and then Cesar Hernandez, probably one yeah, through eight in that lineup. Pretty good back You could move. Right yeah, and, and you could move – I mentioned to you offline, you could move Cesar to the nine spot and have a second leadoff man so Bryce has potentially bases loaded when he comes back around. And, it, I mean, you can yeah. and you can mix it around a number of different ways. Ken Rosenthal had Cesar leading off and Segura batting two. Somebody had Franco batting two, which was – I forget who did that. And they, nah. They're they're not too too confident on that one, I'm sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm super right. pumped for it. He has awesome numbers at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, the third highest home run total. Um, outside, actually the second eyes, excuse me. I was looking at RBIs outside of nationals park, his former home stadium, 14 homers and 50 games played there and in 179 at bats. And he's a lifetime 268 hitter at citizens bank, which is better. As you mentioned, than his 247 batting average in 2018, um, strikes out a decent amount there, which I think says more about the Phillies pitching than Bryce Harper's batting. Uh, right, because he's but yeah, he's actually not a particularly bad strikeout guy. Like he doesn't strike out a ton. He draws a lot of walks and a lot of hits. Um, yeah, a lot of walks, a lot of home runs. Yeah, the big thing with his walks was that he, for a long time, well, David Murphy had struggled with health. He was he would get pitched around. So there'd be points of right. t- points where his on base percentage was like eight hundred for the week, where he yeah. only registered like five actual at bats on like 20 play yeah. appearances. So that's, I mean, that's, as you mentioned, he's being, he's being injected into a lineup that has Reese Hoskins, who I don't know why NBC sports just had a montage of his home runs from 2018 on, on last night, but I loved it. I watched all of it and stared <laughs> at the TV. He's got real Muto who could bat fifth. He could bat second right behind Segura or Hernandez. I mean, the really the way that that Gabe Kapler can plug can plug and play this lineup is is incredible, and I'm I am really excited for it. Uh, I've seen a lot of different criticisms of the deal of either the length and the fact that he has a lower AAV than a lot of players. Um, I mean, come on, you know he's getting the money he wanted. He wanted three hundred million. He turned it down. That, that was the big thing is that because the national Senate gave him three three uh, three hundred over ten years versus the Phillies of three thirty over thirteen. Uh, I mean, he's still getting more money. He's he's locked into such a long deal. Uh, and I think that's all he really wants. And you mentioned escalation, and it's worth noting because certain deals, especially Aaron Knowles is this way too. A lot of guys try to front load a lot of how they were going to get paid out. So it's interesting that Bryce is, is distributing it over the course of his deal, 
which tells me a lot because, you know, not that anybody wants to go to any sort of labor dispute and potential lockout or strike, but, you know, that is potentially looming around the corner. And we're, we're going to talk about that once we really dive into our, you know, spring training podcast. But, you know, I'm, I'm super pumped for it. And I cannot wait yeah. a month from today, Philly's opening day at Citizens Bank Park, and it's going to be electric. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree there. Completely agree there. What I would say too is, uh, is this: it's going to get the city excited uh, oh, yeah. about another team. Because really, right now, I mean, we're still dealing with stuff involving, um, you know, the Sixers, obviously, and the Flyers, who are mm-hmm. who need this win tonight. So it's uh, it's going to be exciting, man. It's going to be exciting. But but we are here to talk basketball. Oh yeah, talk and, some hoops. Uh, yes, and we're going to start. We're going to start over in the uh, over in, in college basketball, which I feel like maybe people haven't been talking enough about this year. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I thought about this a little bit earlier in February of how the last co- couple of years, really since I started working, I have paid a little less attention to basketball or to college basketball, and or throughout the season. I usually it's and I usually tune in in February and. You know, really, once the Super Bowl comes and goes, and and really, really get into it, then so I feel like I know enough to try to win my you know bracket pools and all that. Uh, and, I, and I feel like this year is probably the epitome of that. And I'm not sure why that is. When you have guys like a Zion Williamson, who I know hasn't played in, in over a week now, but you have him throughout the season. He's been all over Sports Center. You have that whole Duke team. You have a ton of different dudes who are going to be impact players immediately when they get drafted. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's because nobody's been able to hold on to the number one seed or the number one ranking. And it's just gotten yeah. to a point where there's not the the arch the arch nemesis of the nation. I know you know, you might debate Duke still is that even though they're not number one anymore. Um, yeah. And because they have the top three recruits on their team. But, yeah, I, I do agree with you. It's, it's been an interesting year that I feel like. Honestly, I feel like the NBA is just has is starting to really master their off-court narrative and driving that, which has been mm-hmm. they've been the king of the offseason in that in that sense of making them their, themselves a 12-month league and I feel like they've been able to crank that off-season or that off-the-court product in season 2, which you know, I think a lot of leagues can take note of that and and use it in both a positive and a negative way, but the NBA has certainly been doing it in a positive way. So couple factors there but you know March 1st is tomorrow and you're gonna if you're listening to this it is March 1st or whenever you're listening to it over the weekend so I mean get get ready because there's one week left in the regular season then it's championship week which I I'm a championship week truther I think that is the best week of the college basketball season then it's the tournament and that's all you're gonna be talking about for the whole month it's incredible right I love it you are right you are correct I mean it's gonna blow up here it's coming fast. Um. Yeah, I do. I do think maybe Zion has been somewhat of a uh, a a cyclone. Like everything's just is just pouring on about what he's doing, right? I mean, you can't even name a lot of other players in in the in, in the league because of him. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing too, and I, I hate to say this because I'm not sure I'm a big fan of this, but you just don't. They just don't. They don't. They don't have the same highlights or the same scoring as the. Yeah, players. that's actually a really good point. It's, and I think uh, that yeah, no, I just think that I think that limits limits some. Go ahead. No, I was I was going to agree with you. I think it's something where 
I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just that the fact that NBA games, the over-unders get set to nearly 230 points, where college basketball games are 80 to 90 points less in total points scored. Um, I'm not one. I, I don't really like when people make the argument of they don't like college basketball because it's not. It's a much worse product. You know, the people who really love the NBA and just refuse to watch March Madness. Um, I think that's wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's wrong too. But yeah, I mean, maybe it is that, and maybe it's the fact that the Big Ten is, has done such a good job in, in getting teams into you know the top 15 and floating around there throughout the season. Big Ten basketball, much like their football, is very defensive and a little less scoring, uh, which they're incredibly proud of, and... Yeah, I don't know if it's that, and they're in the forefront of this. You know, the Michigan states, the Michigans, uh, the Wisconsin's, Maryland's, and I, I know Wisconsin, uh, Maryland has struggled a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's that or or what it is. But you know, the fact though that you you have your top four teams are all from different conferences, and the ACC is is having an, another ACC like year. Don't or actually, excuse me, ACC is two in the top four. But yeah, I don't know, I. I it's interesting of how, of where college basketball is. I don't think it's in an unhealthy spot, but like you said, it's a, it's a, feels a lot lesser spoken about. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly agree. And, and, and it'll change, you know, like you said, as we get into March, it's going to jump up on everybody's radar. Um, but let me, let's talk about, let's talk about some teams, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everybody knows about Duke, right? Yeah. Well, I Garrett, feel like everyone knows Williamson. about – I was going to say, they all know about Zion Williamson. R.J. Barrett's probably the player of the year if Williamson yeah, if wasn't he, on Duke. And yeah. wasn't in, in – yeah, right? I think if Zion gets gets his minutes cut down a little bit, I think R.J. Barrett deserves to get some real, some real consideration for it, maybe some split votes. I mean, he's definitely been – He's been fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. I still thought Duke yeah. had a really good shot of, of coming back and beating North Carolina because of him, because of Alex O'Connell and a lot of different guys on that squad. I mean, they can come to play and and Coach K, you know, he coaches them up well. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, RJ Barrett was considered the number one overall pick before the season started. So yep. I think if you start there, you're already saying, "Wow, okay." Cam Reddish is the other big guy there, although he. He's kind of taken a, a different role on the team, um, similar to like a Wendell Carter, uh, mm-hmm. who did it last year. I, I still think you know he's going to be a top pick, um, and 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 Trey Jones there as well. They've got a number of players. They'll be fine. Trey, uh, Trey they're Jones going to go out? Do you think? Go pro? Yeah. Uh, yeah, his brother did. I would be shocked if he didn't. Was Tyus um, one and done? I couldn't remember. I honestly couldn't remember. I think he went because I believe he yeah. was because he led he led Duke to the national championship with Okafor that year. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Remember? You're right. So I yeah, believe yeah. he was. But they're not the number one team, by the way. No, and they're going to be like fifth yeah. at, after this week because right. they lost last night to Virginia Tech. All right. um, the number one team in the nation is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yes. Of the West Coast Conference, 27-2. and two. By the way, there are two losses. Earlier in the year to Tennessee and UNC. Yep. Seven and 12. So they're pretty mm-hmm. good losses if you're going to pick losses. Um, and they beat Duke. They did beat Duke. I was about to yeah. say, they've got a couple other wins. They beat Texas A&M, who's not having a great year, but they're a big name program. Arizona, Creighton, uh, Washington. It looks like they might make the tournament. Good for Gonzaga, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're always a team who pops up as like a two seed becomes that hot pick to maybe go, go make a final four run. And up until four years ago, they never had, 
or it was three right. years ago that they finally made it, right? Yeah, three. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Four years ago they, they got close and they, I think they lost. I think they lost to that Duke team with Okafor and Tyus Jones. Yeah. Um, they they've got a number of players too. They're not. Oh, yeah. This is not like a one man show. Like think of like Jay. Uh, what's who am I thinking of? Um, Morant out of Murray State, right? The guy is going to average twenty and ten. Oh or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. I know who you're. Ta- I need to pull right. his name up, but I know who you're talking. But they've about. got guys all over the place. Yeah. Um, this is a deep, deep Gonzaga team. As we've ex- over, uh, they've been deep for years. It's not a new thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty. Uh, this is it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, they get the credit. Mark Few's a great coach. I just leave it at that. He's a great coach. Oh yeah, yeah. And what's nice? And I guess nice, quote unquote, is that St. Mary's, who had been so good for the last few years, is having a bit of a down year, and I, and Gonzaga's just having their their way with the conference right now. And it's true. you know, <laughs> I think that's yeah. That game Saturday, by the way, against St. Mary's. St. Yeah, Mary's uh, has won four in a row against Gonzaga. Yeah. Oh uh, no, they no. St. Mary's lost uh, in their most recent meeting, ninety-four to forty-six, a couple of weeks back. This was at Gonzaga. Wow. So have they lost four? Have they lost the last four at St. Mary's? I thought they, I thought St. Mary's had won four in a row. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my math's wrong. Maybe maybe so. it's four in a row leading into the last meeting. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, no, no. But to that point, St. Mary's had been the reason why Gonzaga had the thorn in their side a little bit. Not to say that they couldn't mm-hmm. pull it off now or in the West Coast Conference tournament, which would be, you know, an ultimate bubble bubble burster. Because this is the, this is that kind of year. This is what Gonzaga had for so long with this conference when they would mm-hmm. when they'd get upset in like the semifinals or something of that of that tournament, and you know, take away have to take away an at large bid from you know either a mid-major that's on the bubble and, and in the same scenario like Nevada last year or, you know, a, a mid-tiered power conference player of, a, you know, a Clemson, a, you know, and, and that that ty- kind of ca- that type of territory where you're around 500 floating around there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, on, on Gonzaga, though, you're nailing the head right on uh, – hit the nail right on the head, excuse me. I mean, they had – in their most recent game, they had two guys – post up double doubles with over 20 points, Zach Norwell jr. And Rui Hakamura. Am I pronouncing that right? I think you are. Rui, mm-hmm. Rui Hakamura. Uh, Rui. Yeah. Are you, I I apologize for uh, mispronouncing if I am, uh, but yeah, I mean, Matt, they put up 90 points a game. I mean, this team they can do. ball. Yep. Yep. Uh, they got four players and double figures as well. Right. So mm-hmm. you mentioned Norwell Clark and Perkins. Perkins is kind of their facilitator too, just uh, just a tick under seven assists a game. So they're going to hit you. They're, they've got enough guys to just keep it constantly moving. Um, yeah, this is just another great Gonzaga team, yeah. if you will. Yeah, they're definitely impressed. And, and, and this is a team that normally has guys who end up being a little older, right? Because they're not a big one-and-done school. No, they're so not. So you don't always see – like a really young young group there. So Perkins is a senior. Um, uh, let's see, Hachimura is a junior. So he's been waiting and, and waiting for his time. Norvell's a sophomore. He was a pretty good year last year as a freshman. Wow. And then Clark is a junior. So it's an aged roster. So it's not a ton of people who haven't played together. It's not a Duke issue where they're all young. Um, it's one of the reasons why they can they can really rock and roll. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And let me ask you this. I mean, they just reclaimed number one this past week, right? And 
is that because I mean they, they had been number one before they lost to before they lost to Duke, right? And they slowly but surely that was back in December or no, they beat Duke when they lost to UNC. Um, yeah, I believe that was in in December. And was their slow but sure rise? Was it more due to the fact they lost two in a row, or was it just the fact they play in a West Coast conference where they can blow out their opponents by you know 30, 40, sometimes fifty points, and just yeah, basically. I, I- you know, biding yeah. your time while the big players have to stack losses like Duke, like Duke now has Tennessee did, you know, is it, is that well, the reason? I think, I think it's a little bit of the college football effect, right? You lose early, you make your way back up, you lose late, you're out. Yeah. Um, but and it's like, t- take the Cavaliers. They're 25 and two play in a far superior conference and they're, they have two losses on the season, both to Duke. Yep. So you could make the argument that they should be number one, but their losses have come more recent. It's more in the mind mm-hmm. of a voter. So I think that's part of the reason why they put Gonzaga up there as number one, simply because Cavalier – I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Cavaliers, the Virginia Cavaliers, have have lost just more recently. And, and they're probably the number one team in the nation. If I had to pick, I'd probably take the Cavaliers. They're playing Good that – that yeah, that, norm, that normal style of offense, uh, normal style of team where they're very uh, – they're very gritty. They don't turn the ball over. They play great defense. Obviously, it hurt them last year when they lost in the first round because they didn't have any big-time scores. But this is a better uh, Cavalier team than it was last year. So Virginia, to me, is the number one team in the nation. Um, but the Bulldogs are close. I mean, they're still a really good team. Um, but I think Virginia's done enough to, to prove to me that they they are number one. Um, I know the two losses, but you know we'll see. And uh, DeAndre Hunter for them, they they they're, they're balanced, but DeAndre Hunter for them is my fa- their bet to me, their best player. Um, but don't forget about Ty Jerome, um, a, a older guard now, just averaging over thir- just thirteen points a game, assist leader. They're a really good. They're a really good deep defensive minded basketball team. They're going to be a tough out come tournament time. Um, oh yeah, and you got to watch out too for, for got to watch out for my man Grant Kersey. Have you heard of this guy, Matt? I have not. Shooting one hundred percent. There 100% you go. On the season. He's three for three. 14 <laughs> minutes total on the season. Two for two from deep. <laughs> Just had to point him out because ESPN pointed him as their as their top shooter because he has a hundred percent field goal percentage. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, okay, man, man's, making, Get on that. man's making the most of his yeah, uh making the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oof. But um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you got yeah, that. Got them at the top. Then we got Duke, who we talked about a little bit. Then you got Kentucky, who another team that had a slow but sure sure rise into the top five. I mean, they were out of the top ten, what, a month ago? And now they're number four in the nation. Yeah. Yeah, they're really starting to play to be, together. It's been a, a while. Team that wasn't supposed to be good, right? Right. Not as, as good. As good. Yeah, not as good. Um, it wasn't a Kentucky good season. Right. Right. And they're, they're heading to Tennessee on Saturday. That'll be a huge game there for them. Um, mm. PJ Washington, Tyler Hare, they, they've got a, this is a typical Calipari team, a ton of young guys. Um, not maybe as heralded as normal, um, but, but a number of, of very good players. And, and this team, this team, they're going to be dangerous because they've got a ton of athleticism. They fly around typical Kentucky team, just without that normal star power name that you, that you're used to. Yeah. If they hadn't lost to LSU in that wacky ending, do you think they'd be number one, number two? I Maybe number two. I don't think they've done enough to me to be number one. That's okay. my opinion. I just don't think so. 
you know, they, they, they unfortunately, you're matching up against the top teams. They've got a loss to Seton Hall. They lost yeah. to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Those aren't great losses. Um, no, and I, I'm, they're not bad losses, but they're not great losses. Um, no. But they, they, they go Tennessee, and then they're almost done. So, you know, I'd expect them to be 26-5 and five maybe. Tennessee, Ole Miss, who's a tough place to play, in Florida. So I, maybe, maybe they Florida's go to the okay one-handed stretch. They could, could slip up. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, maybe um, maybe yeah. they finish off post SEC tournament like twenty eight and five, twenty eight and six. I could see that. Yeah, yeah I could see that. The SEC's, but, yeah, yeah. Well, Tennessee's going to be long. I'd be shocked if they beat Tennessee twice. To be honest, it's at home for Tennessee. I would be a little shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Tennessee. Yeah, Admiral Schofield has the cooler name, but Grant okay. Williams is the better player. Uh, I would he, agree is you know he's really good 19 points a game seven rebounds averaging almost four assists um 60 of his shots he looks like a first round pick he's a really good really good player um top three i think maybe or top four in the league if you will um in my opinion i i'm very high on him but showfield too showfield's a, a gritty very much so a college basketball player um, in terms of what he does. So I'm, I'm excited. It's really, really a, a good deep Tennessee team. Uh, good for Rick Barnes, by the way, down there after getting kind of kicked out of Texas to reestablish Tennessee as a power over the last two to three years. Yeah, he's done a really good job of that. And to your point, I mean, their only losses are at LSU, who's hanging around in there. They're now tied in the SEC lead with Tennessee and Kentucky and to Kentucky. So if they win this week, you know, you have the you mentioned college football tropes. You got the uh, avenged a loss late win. You you could see these guys vault their way up because it'll be really interesting to see how the end of the ACC tournament goes. Because UNC's up there, because Duke's up there, because Virginia's up there, of where Tennessee's going to fall in. If they end up making some sort of run where they beat Kentucky, then you know Mississippi State at Auburn could be tough. We were talking about that a little bit off air, that that the Tigers had just really gotten decimated by the SEC. But they make a little run here. I, I could see them making their way up to a, to a number one seed. Uh, obviously, they got to win sat- uh, Saturday before anything else, but... You know, I, I could right. see them. I could see them making a little, little bit, a little bit of noise, and and get some hype surrounding them coming into uh, into tournament time. No, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree there. Um, next, the next, I, I, we want to like, we want to keep moving along here, but I want to oh, make yeah, sure yeah. we touch on the Battle of the Big Ten, which I think is the deepest conference in basketball. Um, the top two teams are pretty obvious. It's Michigan State and Michigan. Kind of in that order. Michigan mm-hmm. lost to Michigan State. Michigan State, with uh, Cassius Winston, has battled through a ton of injuries um, to some very good players. Nick Ward, Josh Langford's out. So, man, they look great. They look they look positioned to win the Big Ten. Michigan has to beat them next time they play. Um, Wolverines are a really good basketball team. I think Charles Matthew, the Kentucky transfer, uh, has been injured. I think that's hurt them a little bit. Um they just shoot a little bit better, but mm-hmm. they final three of the finals. They play Nebraska tonight. They're they're whooping them early, uh, and they go at Maryland and they go at Michigan State. They they pretty much need to win out if they want a chance at the title. 
Um, but still, position themselves as a, as a two seed probably at this point, along with Michigan State. Great unexpected season for the Wolverines. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, they, they rebound from losing how many guys to the draft last year on that finals finals appearance? Oh, three or four, maybe? Yeah. Three? A, three? A good amount, yeah. right? And, right, and right. I mean, <laughs> they're back in the top 10. And, you know, yep. if you don't lose to Michigan State, you're probably hanging around close to a top five appearance. Uh, I know there's definitely top five. Definitely. Yeah, they I know there were seventh when they lost, but there's no reason to think that they don't. They don't jump up a little higher. North Carolina moved right. up three spots. MSU did move into sixth. So maybe right. Michigan grabs number five then. I, you know, yeah. Not out of the realm yeah. of possibility. But yeah, I mean, the Big no. Ten's going to be a lot of fun to watch too. I know the top heavy, you, you can't just put in the chalk, especially for the, the conference tournaments where things get wild, especially on the second and third days where you've just been playing over and over. You mm-hmm. get a team almost like Alabama last year in the SEC tournament that makes a little bit of a run. They want to they yeah. pad up their resume for that little, you know, being one of the last four to get a bye, one of the last four to get in. Uh, you know, and, and but I, I, I'm really excited to see how the Big Ten p- pans out. I mentioned, uh, I mentioned Maryland, I mentioned Wisconsin. I know they're a little bit further down in the rankings, but they could make some noise, especially Wisconsin, who that's another team that you didn't think was going to have this, you know, incredible run of a season, but they're 19 and eight. They're number 19 in the yep. country. And, yep. you know, watch out. They could be like a five, six seed, maybe a little bit higher. I'm looking at Joe Lenardi right now, and he's got them. Uh, I'm, I'm not actually going to probably find them because it's a lot of names, but oh no, he's got him as a four seed. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's a team, you know, they, they right now he's got him in the Gonzaga West West bracket. I mean, look out. They could make some noise there. Um, you know, especially if they do, if they draw Gonzaga, another team, like you were talking about a team that, or that we were talking about before that can put up points, but if they slow them down a little bit, put on the defense, you know, who knows, who knows where they could go. And I think that really throws a wrench into what, these these top two teams, which are going to Michigan State, bring to the table, just classic yeah. Big Ten basketball. And I think watching the end of this season is going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. No, I definitely I, – I, I agree. They have five – I think they have five teams, maybe even six, if you think Iowa, who should be in. Uh, so Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, who's, who's highly ranked, Wisconsin, and Maryland. already is seven in. Iowa. Well, Iowa and, and either, either Ohio State or, or Minnesota are, are kind of floating there as well. So yeah. they need to keep keep rocking and rolling. But well, Minnesota losing to Rutgers doesn't help. Um, no, it doesn't. Yet they could easily. You're right though. They could easily have seven, even eight, eight if they both finish season strong. Yes. Um, so I, I certainly agree there. I certainly agree there. Um, yeah, great. Keeping in the Big Ten, just because you mentioned Iowa. Good. What do you think of the whole Iowa coach suspension situation? I think sometimes it has to be done. And fill in the. A, fill- Fill in the, the the listeners who aren't familiar with the story of what happened. Well, by the way, it took me wild story. It, well, it, it took me a minute because because it says McCaffrey, right? Yeah. So I'm immediately thinking Christian um, McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of what might be one of his brothers played for Iowa, and I didn't know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, by the way, his son, who is Connor, they're not part of that family. Also, drew technical yeah. fouls. What he's, so basically what happens is the game didn't go the way he wanted it to. On the way in the tunnel, the coach yelled some 
I, I wouldn't say it was anything particularly like all it was it was awful because it's not a nice thing to say. He said cheating, cheating motherfucker and a fucking disgrace. That's what he yeah. said to the coach uh, to the ref in the hallway after the game. He didn't say on the floor. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm. I don't think it's the right thing for him to yell. And he was pretty honest about it. He said, "Look, it's not something I should do, should have done." Um, he agreed with it. He shouldn't have yelled that. I guess it's tough, but I, I think, I think they did the right thing to suspend him. Just you got to rein him in every once in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is it is a big. Two game stretch. We, I mean, they're in that. We think they're going to be in the tournament, but they're only a seven seed. You lose, you know, the, the, you lose those two games. Uh oh. You come into the big will. tournament, the Big Ten tournament at 21 and eight, and you're probably, they're seventh in the Big Ten or they're sixth. So they probably drop down to eighth. You have to mm-hmm. play Michigan or Michigan State in the, the second round, or really, I guess, the, the actual first round after a play in game. It's not really a good spot. You don't get an opportunity to really pad up your stats. And they didn't play Michigan State very tough either. And they they lost to Minnesota by five points. They just lost to Ohio State by 20 points. I mean, that's really – it's not a good look. Um, No, right. For a team that that is technically – is still on the bubble, um, if you will. Very uh, very much so, I think. Right. Now, they they finish off the year Rutgers at At West Wisconsin. And at Nebraska, I think if they beat Rutgers in Nebraska and then lose Wisconsin, I still think they're in. But it's definitely a tough look for them. Definitely a tough look. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to get your opinion on that. Let's do the last big conference. And then we'll we'll do a quick roundup to wrap it up. So two more topics. Big 12. Let's break it down for them because that's another one we got to at least give the people a little bit of a a, uh, dossier on. Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost – it's not a Kansas. It's not Kansas anymore. I mean, I mean, they're there. Don't get me wrong, but man, it's it's the Texas Red Raiders who deserve some more credit. They have been Texas excellent. Tech. You mean Texas Tech? I'm sorry, Texas yeah. Tech. Sorry, Red Raiders. They have been excellent over the last four to five oh, yeah. years. I mean, they have been awesome, um, and they're still loaded. They still have. They they've got length. They don't, they're not like a great shooting team, but they do enough. Um, they're safely in the tournament. So is Kansas, by the way. Kansas is safely in. And the Kansas State Wildcats have yep. had a really great year as well. Um, the other team that always seems to be good, and we always talk about Iowa State and football making an upset, Iowa State's 20-8. and eight. Yeah. Um, they're they solid, look to be safely like solid in, right? Five seed? Yeah, yeah I, I think I, so. I, think solid I would in agree the with that. It's a good, yeah. the, the, thing, the nice thing about the Big 12 is that it's, a, it's such a good – it's nice and top heavy. And the nice thing about, about that for college basketball comparatively to college football is that having a 10 and five record like Kansas has, like Baylor has, or nine and six in your conference, like Iowa State has, is that it does make your 20 and eight record look way better than a team from the Pac 12 right. who is not having a great year. Or right. 10, you know, 10, the 20 and 10 is usually that. You're going to be safely an at-large team if you're from a Power Five conference. Same thing with the Big East. The Big East isn't having a great year, you know. So I think I think they're safely in. I think they at least they're definitely getting five in. I know Lenardi's projecting them to bring in eight. He has he has the Texases of the world, your TCU's, your Oklahoma's. He has sneaking in there. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because Texas is right now fifteen and thirteen, um, so he has them as one of their one of the last four in. But you know, 
I think we have to see yeah. how the last week of the season goes before the Big 12 tournament. And, you know, if that goes Texas's way, TCU's way, that really helps with their cases, obviously. I mean, TCU gets up to 20 wins. I think, you again, because of how good their conference has been, you safely put them in the tournament. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Texas and TCU are battling. Maybe for at-larges. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Um, I think. And even Oklahoma's in the conversation. Yeah. Um, right? You think so? I think they're in the conversation. I would say they're in the conversation more than Texas is. Texas right now, Lenardi's projecting to be a seven seed. Baylor, who's, like we just mentioned, has a better record in conference, is only an eight seed. Uh, I believe he has Oklahoma in. Uh, and I'm trying to find them on here. Yeah, he has them as a 10 seed. So not even one of the, and not even as one of the last four buys in. Uh, right. Which is, that's, I mean, that's huge. No big 12 yeah. team. And I think, like we were just talking about, is in the last four in or the last four buys. And then he doesn't even have any big 12 teams in the last, the first four or next four out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think it just speaks volumes to how good the big 12 is that granted Lenardi's projections aren't necessarily gold. They aren't the gold standard, but he's pretty close a lot of the times, uh, especially yeah. when it comes to seeding teams, he doesn't necessarily get them in the right bracket, but the seeding is usually where you can find it to be pretty good. Sometimes those 10 11s can get a little wonky, especially with the first four in or the, or the mm-hmm. first four mm-hmm. games, last four in. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, big 12, big 12. Good is the point of the story. And Matt, did you know this, that a Kansas does not get into a tie for first place. It'll be the first time since 2003 that they didn't did have at least this? a share of the big 12 yep. title. Yeah, I, I have heard that, that which is which is by the way pure dominance first of all wild and second of all it's pretty incredible um so hats off to Texas Tech and Kansas State yep. um you know but Kansas is certainly I know they're the fifth they're 20 they've certainly underachieved this year big yeah. time underachievers um, well so, so kind, we'll so see. kind of in the uh, we coming back to your original question about college basketball just just Whenever I would look at the college basketball scores in November and in December, it seemed like Kansas was a top five team, lost to somebody. They get back in the top five, lose to somebody. That always seemed to be what that or Zion Williamson blocking a ball into fucking South Carolina were the two things (laughs) that flooded my Twitter feed about college basketball. That's a good point. That is a really good point. I I certainly agree. Um, They don't really have a lot of bad losses. I mean, they lost to Texas, but they're on the bubble. They just, Um, I mean, they they just lost. No, they did lose to West Virginia. West Virginia was their really bad loss. Yeah, West Virginia was their really bad loss. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'll be there though. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, But yeah, not not a good season from them. Right. I wanted to quickly touch on the Big East race. Oh yeah, that's where the where well the unranked Villanova Wildcats, national defending national champions. Just took down the number 10th rate Marquette Golden Eagles, um, which, by the way, if you haven't caught a Golden Eagle game, you need to. Um, you need to watch Marcus Howard, who was incredible, who probably should get a little more love for the Wooden Award, one of the best scorers in college basketball. Marquette's probably still going to win the Big East, but and both mm-hmm. those teams are probably go- are, are going to get in the tournament at this point. Um, but it's an interesting, interesting showdown at the top. Um, you know, if, if you will. So I just wanted to make sure I, I, I pointed that out at some point here. No, I love that, man. I love it. And uh, anything else? I want to make one last point, but do you have any other points on college basketball? Any other teams you want to touch on? <laughs> yeah, the Pac-12 is garbage. 
Yeah, really bad year for them. For those that uh, yeah. don't know, it's Washington. Is there, yeah, Washington. Lenardi has Arizona State sneaking in there in the last four in. Uh, but I don't know, man. I mean, they're 10 and 5 in a conference that features an 0 and 15 Cal and 4 and 10 Washington State. I mean, ew. I don't, I, I, yeah, I think if you want a better mid major tournament, you, uh, in other words, more mid-major teams getting into the NCAA, you you kick out Arizona State, I think. So, ugh. but yeah, yeah then you have your mid-majors that are hanging around there. Yeah, uh, the I think a penny for the conference. But go ahead, go point, point, go, go, go. No, no. What I wanted to say to wrap things up quick is our our Mountain Hawks. As you yes. hear, there's a penalty shot in the Flyers game. Sorry, there's a penalty shot in the Flyers game. The season, regular season finale. <laughs> the regular season finale, as you hear <laughs> girlfriend Melanie describing the penalty shot. I think it should be a shot. This weekend at Loyola. And Matt, they are in a three way tie for first place. Lehigh could have on Sunday, the day they were retiring CJ's number. Could have had sole possession of first place, but dropped a game to Holy Cross. The fighting Bill Simmonses, who also have beaten Bucknell this year. So the Patriot League, top to bottom, has been pretty wide open. And, and, you know, if Lehigh pulls it out, I don't think they get the number one seed. I think they get, by way of the weird tiebreakers, I think they'd probably get number two. Uh, They've beaten Colgate, and they've lost both of their games to Bucknell, which is... The big one. I think Bucknell ultimately would get the top one. I uh, know they've, they've lost both to Colgate. So, yeah, Lehigh would be sitting in third, uh, provided that Colgate and Bucknell both win. Um, so, yeah, sweeps again, uh, by those two opponents don't help them. But three seed, not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Um, just taking a look at, you know, at all of this. It's, you know, and I know most of you out there don't care about our – about Patriot League basketball, especially because you know it always seems to be Bucknell who pops up into the tournament. And one year it was Holy Cross, one year it was Lafayette. Uh, and Lehigh has not been there in seven years since they beat Duke. But had to give you an update about our boys, Matty D. I totally respect that. I'm so in. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, best record, only nine losses. No, yeah, nineteen and nine. And you got to give him credit. Brett Reed gives them a tough schedule. He likes to give mm-hmm. the give the boys. A home game, it, so they he schedules quality opponents, so they take yep. a road trip out to out to certain teams. This Kansas year, State. they went out. Yep, this year they went out to Kansas State. They went out to Miami. They play. They played West Virginia at West Virginia uh-huh. and only lost by ten points on uh, the day before New Year's Eve. So you know, uh, not terrible, not terrible. They have to play a lot of Ivy League and a lot of other mid major teams or, or low tier mid major, but. Um, that's a lot of Patriot League ties because of that. But last fun fact I want to give you before I have a little rant. This senior class that's graduating from Lehigh did not lose to Lafayette once in the regular season. Eight no. Great? I love Fantastic. That. But the thing I, I wanted to, that. that I wanted to rant about a little bit, because nobody bets on Patriot League basketball on that, I had a big, big uh, whoopsie. Did not pay attention to when Lehigh goes on the road. They're underdogs to terrible teams. This it happened last night. They're an underdog to American, who's in fourth place. Granted, they're nine and they're eight and nine in the conference, eight and eight going into it. But they're Lehigh was an underdog. Should have degenerate me. Should have put some money on Lehigh. Would have made a little bit. Happened when they went to BU a couple weeks ago. 
Hell, it might happen this weekend when they go to Loyola, who is 10 and 20. So, you know, wait, just a, wait, just a mishap you, for me. Wait, aren't you a non-degenerate? Because isn't that a good thing? No, it's because I no, because I'm a mush and I didn't pay attention to when Lehigh was on the road and was an underdog. Gotcha. And I should have bet gotcha. bet on them because I knew they were gonna win. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. Okay, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Nice. But Matt, but look, t- let's uh, go ahead. Do you want to tell the people about where you can place some bets, speaking of? <laughs> of course. Well, I apologize for anybody who put any kind of bets down on the Super Bowl the last probably last time we talked, if I had to guess. Um, but that being said, Schneckbook is a big-time deal out right now with the signing of Bryce Harper. Okay, You can put down basically any kind of bet you want against Bryce. He'll take it. All right. So if you want to bet, well, he's going to have to make sure it's all right. But, if, you know, Harper's any film, bet. Yeah. Schneckbook is willing to take on any bet about Bryce Harper that you'd like. Including so hair flips. Bet, we'll take that prop bet. I was, I was literally going to say if, if hair, hair, hair flips would be an example of, of, a, of a bet. Let's do prop bets for Bryce Harper, if you will. Um, yeah. Nope. So Schneckbook would be the place to go for that. Remember to use the promo code Ravage so that you know so that Logan knows that we sent you. That's Ravaged, R-A-V-A-G-E-D, um, and let him know that you're on your way. He'd love to take some of your money. He said, or I mean, sorry, make you some money this year. Uh, and then obviously, make. and we'll talk make about it, it, when, when, it when we get. Yeah, we'll talk about when we get a little closer. But also, don't forget the same. The same. We'll have a different. We'll have a different um, promotion coming but the same thing will happen during the ncaa tournament so we can't wait oh yeah cannot wait but man let's move to the pro game yes sir it is becoming a very interesting run in the final 20 mm-hmm. games to the playoffs mm-hmm. well let, let's Our do this i'm gonna give everyone a quick snapshot of where the standing stand stand standing stand please, tonight please okay yep in we're gonna start in the lesser conference if you will all right the eastern conference the front runners all year have been the Milwaukee Bucks. They remain at the front. 47 and 14, two and a half game lead over the Toronto Raptors, who the two of them have really separated themselves. And the expectation is that those will be your one and two seeds. It's going to take a miracle, I think, for anybody to catch them. The most maybe the most resilient team in all of it, all of the NBA this year. The Indiana Pacers are still holding strong at number three. Yes. No Victor Oladipo at 40 and 22. Yes. They're a half a game up on our 76ers and three full games up roughly on the Celtics who are sitting at five. Those are your one through fives. That We would expect that to be pretty locked in. The expectation, by the way, is that the Pacers would fall. Oh, yeah. And they've held up. But, They're seven and three in their last ten games. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Being that third seed is a huge, is a huge deal because – if, if you are the Sixers and you are at four or five, you're probably playing the Celtics, right? Not probably, almost definitely playing the Celtics. Because that means you didn't pass the Pacers. Now, I still yep. think the Pacers are going to crumble. I do. You need that third seed so you can play the Nets or the Pistons or the or the Hornets you know, or the Magic or the Heat. It's so bundled up there. Yep. Um, that third seed is super important because oh, yeah. the Celtics are also – they're capable of upsetting. Well, I'm trying to think of where they would fall. Well, the Celtics got the four. Say Indiana does falter and they go down to five. Celtics get the four. 
Celtics would play the Bucks in the second round. That does not reseed like the NA, the NHL used to. Uh, it is a pure bracket, so they would have to they'd have to go play Milwaukee in round two. So that's another big thing of even if say the right. Sixers survive that first round, then you go yeah. right into have to playing Giannis and that squad, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. right now is white hot. They're right, they're riding a six game streak. Yeah, and, and I mean. No. And not only that, but I think the other thing here too is let's say let's 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 say the the Pacers fall, they go they fall yep. to five or below, okay, and then the top four seeds win the first round, right? Now we're mm-hmm. playing the Raptors. Yep. Hypothetically, we beat the Raptors. If the Celtics upset the Bucks, which with the talent they have is is definitely within that realm of possibility, we would play the Celtics at home. Yes. I'm not saying you want to look ahead that much, but you do. You you really want to be that third seed in my opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and then and then there's a bunch of there's some interesting teams below that line. I think the Nets are are somewhat of a dangerous team to play. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I, no, I, third and girl is also pretty pretty fearful of playing the Nets in a in a seven game series just uh-huh. because the the guard play that they have is dangerous enough that they can really attack you. They can pound it in. D'Angelo Russell's having a really nice year. Uh, a lot of those guys, man. I mean, they're having they're having their way with with certain teams. I mean, they've had the Sixers number for one. Um, you know, the Sixers. Right, are, right. I think zero and three against them this year. Oh no, they're they're one and three, they're one and two. One and, Jimmy, one that and was two. one of Jimmy Butler's. Uh, that was one of the Jimmy Butler buzzer beaters. Oh, right. he made that buzzer beater right early yeah. in the game. Here. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, but they're right. one and two, and they did not play well at the Barclays Center. So, yeah, I mean, say that is the three six matchup again. It's nice to have that extra game at home if you need it. And in the back of your pocket, I mean, who knows? I mean, Dinwiddle, Russell, Levert. I mean, they can they can attack you. I don't think Jared Allen or Joe Harris is really going to put up that much of a fight offensively against a guy like Embiid. But you know who who knows of what could happen on in that no, game. No, but I mean, Allen has some, Allen has some talent. I mean, I, I, yeah, he does. Yeah. I, I'm not. That's that's what uh-huh. I mean. Is I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to put him down too much. He's a he's a ten, eleven and eight averaging this season, or close to eleven yeah. and nine. And by the way, you also, if you're a Sixer, you don't want the Celtics to have a big showing. And here's why: the Nets, excuse me, to have a big showing. They're a, they should be, and they are a dark horse yes. for a free agent such as Kyrie Irving. Yes, they have a they have a good playoffs. You're adding another star for the mix. Kyrie, to me, Kyrie leaving the Celtics doesn't hurt them that much. Kyrie no. leaving the Celtics for a West Coast Western Conference team, which probably won't happen, is scary. But Kyrie Irving leaving them for the Nets, who are already loaded, that definitely scares me enough. I think the Nets are absolutely a. They, they shouldn't be it. They shouldn't be this, but they're they're an under, an underdog, a dark horse. Excuse me for all those uh, for all those guys out there. No, I'm with you. Gets me a little nervous. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely uh, that's a really good point actually because. The Knicks are talked about so much for they could be Kyrie, they could get Kyrie and KD, they, you know, all this. But the Nets, I think, it's a more desirable move. I think, you know, they have they have solid guards. I mean, Kyrie would take one of their jobs. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, I mean, but I, you know, you don't have to play for James Dolan. You don't have to. The only thing is, you play in the Barclays Center versus the the Garden, which you know, take that for what you want. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point, though. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So, and so, I, the the Pistons don't scare me. The Hornets scare me, and they're they're by they're they're precariously in the AC, a half game up over the Magic. Yep. It's very bundled six six through like ten. Um, 
I think the Wizards at this point are pretty much knocked out, as great as Bradley Beal has been. Um, the Hornets are another team that you need to pay attention to because yeah, of the Kemba, of the Kemba, Kemba Walker factor. Yep. Uh, to me, he's the only guy that scares me, but he'll win you two games. And then you have a couple bad shooting nights. Next thing you know, you're in a lot of trouble against them. I mean, he's, I mean that's he what happened in the Sixers that. against the Heat last year. Right, that the, right. The, the Sixers had bad shooting nights, and Dwayne Wade took over in that one game they ended up winning. But even in the first half of game five, where the Sixers were down, remember, they ended up blowing them out. To, or it was game four. It was game four. But um, still, it looked like Miami was going to try to tie this thing up, and the Sixers just cranked it up in the, first, at the, in the second half that game yeah. four yeah this is that, that same kind of a team that can do that they got guys like frank kaminsky who you know that they can make moves that way i know he apparently just asked for a buyout because of his minimum role but he can you know if they, they use him right he can uh he can make some moves man i mean this whole team can but it's kemba as you mentioned veteran team yeah you and got you cody zeller too, yeah. you got nick batum mm-hmm. who Silently since coming over to to Charlotte, is this his fourth year with the? Yeah, I think you're, I think yeah. you're right. I think he's coming over from year. Portland. Uh, but no. yeah, I mean, he's you know he's not at 10, 10 points a game. Wow, um, thought he had more than that, but still, he's solid enough on defense that he makes a big difference. Yeah, no, definitely, and uh, and, and they got some young guys there with like, like Malik Monk, but I mean, just I'm not sure. I would rather not pull. I would rather play the Pistons. Than the Hornets, the Nets though are I'm nervous. But we're gonna have to play them. We have to play them. I think we're better. Let me ask the, the two other teams battling are the Magic and the Heat. Gun to your head, who who would you be more fearful of in a playoff series? It's a good question. Uh, um, I think it's the Heat because of their veteran presence. Yeah, the Magic. I, I, at, yeah, just for that reason. Yeah, like the, the Magic don't really. Sc- the Magic, I feel like, any, could be scarier, but guards. They- Exactly. Yeah, the Heat. They literally have the Heat could no do the same thing they did last wild. year in that, where it looks right. like they're going to make it two-two. Yeah, if there has ever been a team in the NBA that that just desperately needs a point guard and can't seem to get one, it's the Magic. They're currently starting DJ Augustine, who's and his backup is uh, Jerron Grant. Like, it's like shocking to me how terrible their roster is. Um, Who Orlando? Orlando, like, like, like how. Front court heavy, their roster is. Um, somebody needs to free Aaron Gordon. He he looks like a great stretch two that's been stuck playing stretch four. That's been stuck playing the three. Though so, um, that's a tough one for him. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, but yeah, and then everybody else is trying to tank except for the Wizards who are kind of stuck in NBA purgatory because of Wall's injury and general lack of cap flexibility. But yeah, the Hawks are weirdly twenty one and forty and forty one. I mean. You know, I guess they've had some some of those random wins, but you'd think they'd be trying to really get down there. Well, they, they have, but the problem is that well, the problem is that Trey Young is really heated up, little, yeah. looking like that mini Steph Curry they thought he'd be. They've got some pieces there. Trey Young, John Collins is down there. Oh, you're um, right. Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Dwayne Dedman's had a really good year for them. Mm-hmm. Kevin uh, Hoyter, their their first round shooting guard, has been in and out. So. That, and, and they, they got Vince Carter is there. I'm surprised Vince Carter hasn't figured out a way to buy out. And and maybe it's just what he wants. I know he loves to play, but man, buy out and go play for the Sixers. You know, we'll take somebody that can do a oh little bit of that God. kind of stuff. So, Could you imagine that if he was I a Sixer? I would love that. I would That'd love be that. Insane, but but they they're not they're tanking, but they're not trying to lose because they have young talent. Yes, Hartman. 
So, yeah. Let's jump over to the West. Yep. By the way, the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs is the 12 and 50 Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Officially been eliminated. Officially which is incredible to me. They're 31 and a half games out of first, which is just wild. Um, yeah. Everyone knows that the number one team is the Golden State Warriors. But by the way, a half game back is still those pesky Denver Nuggets. Still hanging in there. They are. And by the way, not only are they hanging in there, this team is getting healthier and better. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, look, we don't, we're not, let's not harp on the Warriors. We know what they're about. Is Denver the best defensive uh, team in the West? I, I think because of Jokic, Jokic they're not. Yeah, okay. I, I, but, but what I think makes them so good is how they're just, they are so deep. Right, so you think of you think of you know, everyone knows about him. He he's he's incredible. He does everything. He's getting close to a triple double. Um, he affects the game. But Jamal Murray is an absolute gunner from the outside. Great three point shooter. Yeah, can he, rip it? he can really play. You think of Gary Harris. Uh, the forgotten guy is kind of Paul Millsap. Uh, now I know he's on the downside of his career, but yeah, he's out there. He can play. Um, Will Barton's out there, the good shooting guard, underrated. And, by the way, they get to roll a now-recovering and getting healthier Isaiah Thomas yes. off the bench. You're right. And what a journeyman, sneaky journeyman career Will Barton's had. You mentioned him a minute ago. Yeah. Really yeah. good with Portland. Then he was on Dallas for a few years. And those Dallas teams that looked like they were they made a few off-season splashes and they were going to be this next – dark horse West team and just never got it together. So good for him. And that he's on a team that's really, really getting it, getting it going. Yeah, no, definitely. And they're battling. Look, I, I don't, unfortunately I still don't think they have a chance because of how good golden state is, but they deserve to be number two and they've played a really great year. And those yeah. two have really made themselves the clear one and two. And then moving down, there's somewhat of a dog fight for that third spot kind of quietly. I would actually argue that both these teams have been somewhat quiet this year, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder, currently battling our Sixers, by the way. Oh, yeah, Sixers are winning. Up, to, up 10 points on them. At, on the road, the Sixers are. But the Portland Trailblazers, once again, are right back in the thick of it, driving towards that third seed with another good, good, similar to last year roster that I'm, that I'm impressed with. And they've got a, they've got a superstar in Dame. They've still got CJ. They've got a uh, near kick up there. I mean, this is a good Trailblazers team. Oh, yeah. And I got to see them live this past Saturday. And it was, I mean, they knew how to they knew how to take advantage of Joel and be not playing. But I mean, Damian Lillard gets hot. You yeah. really can't stop him. CJ, if he's if he's got his jumper working, huh? hard to stop him. And that's what makes them dangerous. They got that dual that dual guard tandem. They obviously have Nurkic right up the middle, who had a monster day again. No Embiid, but still, he. I mean, you have that mix of those three guys, and then a number of other guys. Seth Seth Curry on that squad, who just like his mm-hmm. brothers, he proved in the three point contest can really get it done. I mean, yep. Portland, Portland, watch out. I mean, I'd hate to see them in a four five matchup against Houston, who's right there. Well, uh, you'd say you hate to, but I, I'd love. To. It's gonna be a fun series, but if you're a Portland fan, you'd be. It's like the Sixers fan. You're playing the Celtics in the first round. No, you know, I know. it's you're gonna right. be a battle. 
but mm-hmm. no, that's, I mean, as a basketball fan, you're going to be f- excited to see that in the first round ra- in the first round of the playoffs, but you know, a little, you'd be a little bummed, a little bummed to see that, that, that turn out the way that it does. No, I, I understand it to that extent, but I mean, that's the thing, either Portland or Oklahoma city playing, playing Houston, like any, any, any combination of those three teams would be, would be wild. Yeah. So we, so touch on Houston quick, having a, you know, Decent year. I mean, Chris Paul's been a little banged up, and Harden's doing his James Harden thing. Um, really good at home, not so good on the road. Madam, um, what else am I missing here? Well, what you're missing is that this has been a team so obsessed with beating the Warriors that I think they've 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 spun themselves into a hole. Um, terrible contract that they gave out to Chris Paul. He has still continued to be injured, um, and Clint Capella has been in that lineup. Look, they're still somewhat of a scary team. Okay, mm-hmm. um, they still make you nervous in a number of ways. Any James Harden team has to scare you, but it's been shown he scored sixty-one points at the Garden and lost to the Knicks. Yes, let him score. Go ahead, go ahead, James. Score all your points. We're going to shut the rest of your roster down. Um, and go from there. I mean, I think that's the big thing with them. Um, you know, make him work a little bit. He cooled off. Finally had his first non 30 point game in a long time. Um, the rest of this team just can't seem to get it going, whether it's injuries or, or like Eric Gordon hasn't been as good. Um, Gerald green hasn't been as good. Um, PJ Tucker has, you know, these guys are getting a little older too. That's the problem. You build a very top-heavy roster with a ton of big contracts. You can't fill the back end in. At least it's harder to do that in a single year, I yeah. guess, would be probably the best way to look at that, if you will. Yeah, are they just so loaded up that they couldn't really try to make any sort of buyout market moves? or really? Yeah, well, they tried, right? They brought in Carmelo Anthony, and it didn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, so I think when you look at what they – they made a couple attempts, and they just couldn't – they just couldn't make it happen. Um they're still a dangerous team. I still don't think the Warriors want to see them, um, but they could easily go out in the first round. Last year, they were clearly going to go far. They were the number one seed, and they made it all the way to the finals. And they lost. Uh, you can argue that they lost because of Chris Paul's hamstring injury, and I would agree with you. You know, I think that the Warriors might lose if it's not for Chris Paul pulling his hand late in game six, I think it was, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The team's yeah, it was behind game six them. and this game seven. And Houston yeah. just tried to shoot the lights out and went like, Three for thirty behind the arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know the other team, and no one's really talking about is that Utah Jazz roster. Yeah, that six, seven, eight, and then even the nine and ten. But talk, talk to me well, about about Utah because well, like last so, five are yeah. intriguing. Utah's been 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 decent this year with Donovan Mitchell not playing particularly great like he did last year. Um, it's one of the reasons why Rudy Gobert was one of the biggest snubs. Uh, in, in recent, in my opinion, recent All Star history, he's one of he is one of if not he's up there with Joel Embiid in terms of best defensive big in the game. And when you have a great big, there is between like Paul George is an, an an elite defender on the perimeter. I'm not taking anything away from him, but he doesn't affect a team defense the same way as Embiid or Gobert does. Rudy Gobert can defend everything. I mean, he is literally a French SWAT team. Out there, um, they've got Ricky Rubio, who's crafty. 
They've got Joe Ingles, who I love. I just love mm-hmm. watching him. Um, this is a this is a decent this is a decent team. Like you gotta uh, don't you can't afford to take them lightly if you're the Thunder or the Trailblazers in particular because if Donovan Mitchell's playing well, they become a particularly difficult team to beat. So oh, I'm, absolutely. They're going to be a fun whoever and they got a great home court. Whoever gets them in the first round is going to be a fun series to tune into. I like the current matchup that's set for that of OKC versus U, uh, versus Utah. Yeah. That would be, it'd be fun. fun. It would be fun guards, a really fun guard matchup, and, and an intriguing bigs. Yes, matchup yep, of yep, the big yep. men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By the way, would it also be? Would you also feel? I would feel a little bad. Would you feel a little bad if the Nuggets had to play the Spurs in the first round? Yeah, that would just That'd be seem mean. a little unfair. Yeah. I, just, I, yeah. I say that, but. At the same time, and I know they're they're having a good season and they're right there, but I also think that they could hold their own. I know it's pop, and I know it's pop in the playoffs, and they're incredible at home. I mean, talk about teams that suck on the road. They're twenty three and seven at home, the second best record in the Western Conference at home, and they're eleven and twenty two on the road. <laughs> Doesn't travel and the well. Best team at home in the West is Denver. <laughs> Denver's twenty-seven and fourth. Is it still the Pepsi seven. Center? Uh, I don't think so. No, they have a new I'll sponsor, ask, but I'll have to ask right. Schneckbook. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to ask Schneckbook. Um, get get his opinion. Maybe that's where his basis of operation is, the Schneckbook Arena. Um, there you go. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think the Nuggets could hold. I think they could hold their own. Force like a six-seven game series. Um, maybe pop out coaches. I do not know their coach's name, so I'm not even going to attempt to make an to make a distinction. But yeah, that would it would just stink because it it, it could be yeah it could it, it could be a great series though. I, Matt, this feels kind of like that first year the Warriors made their run to the to the finals of that. It actually feels like we're in for a good playoff. You know, couple of months. Remember four years ago. Golden State hadn't won anything yet, and we had that unreal Clippers-Spurs series in the first round. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that whole playoffs was insane. I mean, really, right. like, that's last year was okay. Two years ago, the Western Conference playoffs sucked. They were mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, aside from the first round, the first round has always been solid, but then after that, it's just woof, woof, woof. Yeah, but I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I know oh, we're, we're still have other teams to talk about, but well, no, I mean, here's the thing, the, though. Point. Uh, the thing, though, the Kings and the Lakers are the two teams that are. That are I mean, and, by the way, the Timberwolves are, are there, but I think in terms of real realistic chance, the Kings and the and the Lakers are battling the Clippers for that AC. Nothing against the Clippers. I, I truly believe that the Warriors would rather see the Clippers than the Kings or the Lakers. Oh my God! LeBron versus the think, Warriors in the first round. Yeah, Oof. I don't think they want any part of LeBron anywhere at any time. And I get that he's the best player in the game. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, the and the Kings scare me a little bit too. I mean, they've got talent now on that roster. You talk about Fox, talk about Buddy Heald, talk about Marvin Bagley. Um, you got Harrison Barnes there, who's not great, but but understands how to play. Um, you know, you've got Collie style. You got there's players on that roster that I'm not sure you want to face. Um, but I still think 
it's the Lakers that have to at least make the Warriors say, ooh, maybe we don't want to see LeBron in a seven-game series. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I still think the Warriors probably got that in five against that Lakers squad. Well, but I agree. I'm, tr- but I'm yeah. trying to talk LeBron up because we know how great he's been. Yeah. So we'll see. Right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll just see how long it takes him to tamper and get a uh, get his his agency company to get Anthony Davis to LA. Um, <laughs> but I would like to. I'd like to see Sacramento get in. You know, they shattered their over for the season by like January tenth. Yeah. Wow. Like they were only. I love their, that. Their over was like twenty one wins. Oh, that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for oh them. my god. Good for them. Yeah, the the only other ones there there was someone else too who wasn't who wasn't supposed to win a bunch of games in his one. And then everybody else who who had incredibly high overs aren't going to hit it. Like the Warriors aren't, the Sixers aren't, the Celtics definitely aren't. Um I think the Pacers might have been a team who had kind of a, a weirdly low over. Um yeah, I think uh or maybe it was the Bucks. Maybe the Bucks had one. Because 47 wins, that might have been their number actually i need to pull that up but yeah um coulda woulda shoulda man coming back coming back to yeah. schneck book and being a mush not betting when he should have <laughs> um yeah i mean that's that really like that's that's kind of the picture right now um you know in the nba when you kind of look at the landscape um and, and what you're looking at i mean there's there's clearly still a divide right i think each conference has well, the Warriors have one the, – the West, sorry, the Warriors. The West has one team, and they really have – I think they still have four teams after that. Nuggets, Thunder, Blazers, Rockets have a legitimate chance. And the East is really a four-team race, Bucks, Raptors, 76ers, Celtics. So there's definitely clear four clear top teams, and then there's just the Warriors. Every, and they're, everybody's chasing them. Um, but there's definitely still some movement, some ability there. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm interested. I think it's going to be, like you said, I think it's going to be an excellent early, maybe the first and second series. I don't know. They might all be really good, to be honest with you. I, th- I, I think we're building up to a good good NBA playoffs. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, that's the nice thing is that we're getting some teams that are really establishing themselves as playoff stalwarts, uh, the Sixers. Uh-huh. Sixers Celtics have that have another round of that. I mean, I'd prefer to see it later. It's the the hockey fans' argument of against the current format that they have where – you have teams that you want to see build rivalries, but you don't want to see it too early. So I want to, I want to see if I do see Sixers Celtics. I'd like to see it at the very earliest in round two, if not in round three, uh, in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. But you know, sometimes you can't always get what you want. I think, I think the Sixers probably move it to three. Celtics get four. I don't know if you get too much else movement in terms of if Detroit or Charlotte falls out. I think Brooklyn's pretty safe there at six. Maybe Charlotte and Detroit flip flop of of seven eight, but who knows? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, with you. It should be incredible. Um, equally as incredible, maybe that MVP race in, yes. in the game. Yes. Most people believe it's between Harden, the Greek Freak, and Paul George. I'm favoring Giannis. Yeah, I was going to say Giannis. I mean, Paul George is a nice little dark horse, though. Correct. Yeah. Well, yes, I agree with that. I just think being they're so close, being the number one team in in the uh, in the conference, and also by the way, being just clearly the best player on your team. Like to me, it's not even close because Chris Middleton is their second, and I know Chris was an All Star, and I'm nothing. It's really nothing against him. I, I don't think Chris is as good 
as, say, a healthy Chris Paul or uh, even Russell Westbrook when he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I'm back and forth on that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. A lot of the races will be. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the NBA awards will be fun to watch how it goes. But yes, I'm excited for the for the final stretch. But for, for that, uh, see where the Sixers end up. For the hockey stretch, their playoffs. Even though I don't think the Flyers are going to make it in, um, it's going to be a fun spring. Know. Like we mentioned, March Madness, baby. Hashtag March mm-hmm. Madness starts tonight. I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. I can't wait to. Uh, we'll come back with a preview of that for sure. Yeah, so uh, we had a good time. We, we had a good time potting as soon as the selection show ended. So we might have to pencil that date in. I know you're uh, mm-hmm. the Road Warriors about to hit the road again, so we'll have to. I know we'll figure it out. We'll figure make it work. And if not, yeah. if not, you know, there's some other smart people out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Know. Might have to do. Might have to do a command center at uh at our buddy Jerry's at Jared's house. There you uh, go. If you're around, we gotta. That'd be a fun fun one to do. Do right I, know, now. I know. I know. Um. But anyway, anything else before we we close this out? No, I mean I, I think we well, first of all we covered a lot in college. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. A good yeah, primer no, entering I, the month of March. Right, right, right. No, I uh, think it's time to sit back, back, and witness some great basketball coming up yeah, across we got, the board. Yeah, we got almost at halftime of the Sixers Thunder game, which uh, the score I got right now is fifty thirty nine Sixers. So hopefully they hold on to that because the other night was a little bit of a, a little more of a heart pounder yeah i wanted it to be but i know it happens i know well matt thank you as always for hopping on and doing this It's always a good time glad we could uh Mm -hmm. we could pull you off the road for just an hour or or so (laughs) never a problem (laughs) never a problem my friend well all of you guys make sure to follow along with us on the social Mm -hmm. medias twitter we are thunder blg thunderblog sports on instagram and facebook Make sure you subscribe. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, as we always have been. Have been on Spotify now for, I think, two weeks. So big news there, making some moves. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Make sure also to check out our blogs on thunderblogsports.com. I know we talked a little about Bryce Harper. Probably going to try to get something up on that tonight. I have a little bit of homework i got to get done. So school comes first, sadly. Sorry, listeners. Maybe tomorrow during the day, hopefully. There you go. Uh, it is Friday. But that's going to do it. Matty D., Thank you. Uh, no, no, no problem. And for my man, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a good weekend, everybody. Go Sixers, go Flyers, and let's go Phils, baby. Be bold.